This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. All right, Crowley, great job with the interview. It's segment three. It's season two. It's episode 35 of the Fly the W670 podcast. Cubs stall versus the Cardinals. And the Cubs, Crowley, have moved north. They are up in Minneapolis to spend the weekend taking on the Twins. We're going to get to that in a few minutes. And it's the start of a nine-game road trip. But let's talk about the roster, the setup, as the Cubs hit the road for nine on the road. Yep, before the game on Monday, Nelson Velasquez was optioned to Iowa and Christopher Morrell was brought up to Chicago in a move that nobody saw coming. Ross was asked about Morrell and how he would be used. He said, I don't know that there's this big path for every day at bats. The ability to get Velasquez back to AAA and not let him sit on the bench and some ability to mix in Morrell in, t- in time to time is probably going to be more of a role than just every day at bats. Now, he says that before the injury to uh, Nico Horner, but... You know, it's one of those things that had me worried is what I told you about is Velasquez is sitting there rotting on the bench. So they're going to send him to AAA to try to get some playing times. I'm just worried Morrell is going to be sitting there rotting on the bench now, too. And it just throw these guys off so bad because it's really hard to come back and just jump in the middle and start hitting. They made the right move with Velasquez, I think, and we'll see. I mean, they get a day off today. Let's see what... I think if Christopher Morrell is getting one out of every three games off and then a pinch hitting roll, I think that's okay. We'll see what happens. Before the game on Wednesday, Jan Gomes was activated off the concussion protocol and Miguel Amaya was sent to AAA. Remember, when Amaya was called up, he was a double A. So even though it's a demotion, it's kind of a promotion because he's now moved on to AAA, which, you know, Amaya opened a lot of eyes with his maturity, uh, the way he handled the pitchers. Hayden Wesniski spoke highly of of the game that Amaya called said he'd never shook him off just let him call the game and so I think you know it's never been a question of talent with Amaya it's just a question of can the guy stay healthy and if he is then then he comes back to looking like the heir apparent to Wilson Contreras yep he was uh pretty impressive when he was up here but this again is the right move I would rather have Amaya catching every four four or five days a week than maybe catching once a week up here and, and with the other guys up here, he's not going to get any pinch hit opportunities either. And you saw what a different, I mean, I don't want to say you saw a difference, but I mean, it just, like you talked about earlier, if you were to talk about the month of April, there's an argument to be made that Jan Gomes is was the MVP of April. And All right, we had this argument today on the air. Molly likes to, you know, bust my backside about it. Jan Gomes is the Cubs' MVP so far. Dansby Swanson is a better player than Jan Gomes is. But right now, Jan Gomes is the MVP of the Cubs. Listen, I hope we get to a situation where Dansby Swanson's in the National League MVP race. And if that's the case, that means the Cubs are winning and Jan Gomes is still going. And I'll still say that Jan Gomes was more important in the Cubs than Dansby Swanson. 
In the month of April. And I, I get both April. sides. And they need, I, I, in the right. month of April, and if they end up doing something good, that month of April is going to be a big part of where they got to where they got to. Right. And, and so when we look at the injury report, talked about Nico Horner, and he left Monday's game with hamstring tightness while running to third on Dansby Swanson's double. An MRI showed a mild left hamstring strain. He's not going on the IL. He's day-to-day. I saw some video on Marquee the other day of him stretching, doing a drill. He drills with the training staff, so that's exciting news. I'd be he, shocked if he didn't play up in Minnesota, Crawley. Shocked. Yeah, yeah. Let's. I think they're not going to rush it. There's no need to with, with Morrell up now, but let's see what happens. Um, you want to get you ready for some guy to come up pretty soon, sooner rather than later. Get ready for Kyle Hendricks. He came to Chicago to work on some things with pitching coach Tommy Hadovy. And when he returned to Iowa, he had his best start throwing five shutout innings, striking out four and walking nobody. He gave up two hits, one of them a cheap loop single. His next start is Sunday. But I'm telling you right now, Dustin, and I'm just looking at the calendar. As somebody that didn't think it was possible for uh, Hendricks to be back, I could see him potentially starting that next homestand against the Mets. Yeah. Okay. I, I can, yeah, I can live with that. Mm-hmm. Now, another guy in Iowa, along with Kyle Hendricks is Cody Hewer. He only pitched two thirds of an inning on the same day that Hendricks had that start, but he got two strikeouts and a walk as he recovers from Tommy John's surgery. Now keep in mind, he's a lot further away than Kyle is at least, at least another couple months, but Dustin coming out on his second rehab start, he was hitting 98.8 miles per hour on the gun. That's exciting. It's absolutely exciting. So for people that thought the Cubs got fleeced on the Craig Kimbrell trade, uh, that, that that's not done yet. Let's not let's not proclaim that that that, that was a flop. Still, I, I don't I don't know how you could say they got fleeced. I mean, Nick Madrigal's been okay. He was terrible. He he was absolutely terrible for the White Sox. Absolutely, and, and so I just know people that complained about the trade. And to me, I felt that Cody Hewer was the better piece than Nick Madrigal of the two pieces. I was more excited about Cody Hewer. And I can see him being a potential closer. If you, you know, you, if you get a guy in July or August that's hitting 100 miles per hour, that's going to be interesting. Uh, Brandon oh, I Hughes. I can't threw, wait. I can't wait. <laughs> Brandon Hughes threw a 32 uh, uh, pitch bullpen the other day. He felt good. The Cubs are monitoring how he feels afterwards. He's going to have to wear a brace on that knee, but uh, you know, I, I, hopefully we get a lefty back in the pen as soon as possible. Yeah, that's important. There's no doubt about that. And with or without the brace, no problem. You know, Carlos Correa is on his third team now. That's the Twins. First he was with the Giants. Then he was a Met. Now he's a twin, and he's got the fans in Minneapolis booing him, Crowley. And the Cubs are going up there for a three-game series starting on Friday. Yeah, last season, the the Twins struggled. They finished third in the AL Central with a record of 78 and 84. Cubs did not play the Twins last season. The last time they played them was in 2021. Uh, the Cubs have played the Twins 37 times since the league started, and they have a record of 20 and 17 against them. The Twins made a lot of changes in the offseason. Like you said, Carlos Correa bounced around, and he ended right back up with the Twins. Uh, they got right-hander Pablo Lopez, catcher Christian Vasquez, outfielder Joey Gallo, infielder Kyle Farmer, outfielder Michael Taylor. They had a couple of big losses, though. Uh, we know Luis Arias. We had we, we've seen the damage that guy does, and then at third base, Gio Urshela. So, uh, but but they they have a pretty good team right now. When we look at the standings and we look at how the Cubs are doing right now, you you talk about how competitive the Cubs are in this division. They're two and a half games back from first place. As you see, the Pirates just continue their free fall. They're still in first place, twenty-one and seventeen. 
Milwaukee at 2017 and the Cubs right below 500, one game 18 and 19. So hoping that the Cubs can, you know, get on a winning path. What I worry about, Dustin, is there's some good teams coming up and they did not take the opportunity they had against Washington, Miami, and a surprisingly weak Cardinals team. Yeah, there are some uh, teams that are better than the Cubs on paper anyway coming up. But, hey, let's focus right now on the Twins. Um, I, I, I like this matchup. I think the Cubs can go up there and take two out of three, especially if Nico Horner's coming back and playing like he's played so far. Well, the Twins just finished up a series against San Diego on Thursday. They're winning. They won two of three in that series. They're in the AL Central. They're 21 and 17 uh, ahead of. They're in first place ahead of Detroit, Cleveland, and the White Sox, all who have losing records, Oof, along with Kansas City. Woo. Yeah, guess, yeah. And so you know, it'll it'll be interesting when we look at the pitching probables. I just want to remind our listeners that game one will be on Apple TV. It will not be on marquee. So if you're kind of flipping around the stations and you're saying, where are the Cubs at? They are not going to be playing that one on marquee. So, and again, it's not free this year. Last year they did it to kind of, kind of entice some fans. It is a really good quality picture and, and I like it a lot, but you know, if you don't have Apple TV, you're out of luck here. 670 the score Crowley. Listen to the Hall of Famer, Pat Hughes. Pat and Ron and Zach. Uh, Drew Smiley is starting game one versus Sonny Gray. Drew Smiley at 3-1, 305 ERA. He was pitching really good, but his last start against Miami at home, eh, not so much. That was the one where he had to grind through it. He had 3.1 innings, three hits, two earned runs. He had three walks and five Ks, but but not not we, as good as he had been like against Washington where he went seven innings and gave up one run or San Diego where he went five innings and gave up two runs. So hopefully he kind of has a, a good start. You know, I've, I've been impressed for the most part with what I've seen, but uh, you know, the last one just, he didn't have it, you know? Yeah. He didn't look as sharp as he's looked, but uh, I, I still, you know, even though Sonny Gray's four and with a one, three, five ERA, I, I like the Cubs chances. Yeah, how about Sonny Gray? Kind of a guy that you almost forgot about a little bit. He's he's kind of having a really good season over in uh, Minneapolis, 4-0, 135 ERA. Uh, you know, in his last game against Cleveland, though, he didn't look so good, just like Drew Smiley. He went five innings, gave up four hits, three runs. He also gave up three walks, but he also has a lot of strikeouts with six strikeouts. So before that against KC, he went uh, six innings and gave up one run, but kind of beating KC is kind of like beating Oakland, you know what I mean? Yep. But he d- dominated the Yankees. He went seven innings pitch. He only gave up three hits and zero runs. So Cubs are going to have their work cut out for him against uh, Sonny Gray. Now, the interesting thing to me, though, is is with these different teams, they haven't, fa- they haven't faced each other a lot. So there's not a ton of um, numbers that the guys have against each other. So when we talk about Smiley and we talk about Drew Gray, uh, as far as Minnesota – Kyle Farmer seen Smiley 11 times and has a 273 batting average and Solano at first base 333 at 12 at bats. So those are the only two guys that really have real numbers. Correa has eight at bats and only hits 125. Uh, the twins have seen Smiley a little bit more. You have Jan Gomes 14 at bats 143, but Ian Happ 400 against him in 10 at bats and how about Trey Mancini, 467 in 15 at-bats? So that's that's good on that we one, bet, right? We better, we better see Trey Mancini then. 
So you, you know, DH and that's what I want to see. I want to see Mancini DH and that would Mancini, make me happy. Mancini and Mervis at first, right? Absolutely. You got to, you got to. It's a little tough stretch for Merv, and he's going to have to. But all right-handed pitching, or all right-handed starters, so that plays into him, right? Right, right, right. And so the next game that we take a look at is Hayden Wesniski three and one with the three ninety-three versus Joe Ryan. If you remember the last game for Hayden, I, I felt that that was his strongest game so far this year. I really felt that the slider was clicking. I, I thought it was, you know, just really what it was what I wanted to see. You know, against Miami, he went six innings pitch, gave up five hits and one run. And, and against Washington, six innings pitch, five hits, one run. And then against San Diego, five hits, five innings, four hits, one run. So in his last three starts, he hasn't given up more than one run. So hoping that Hayden is really starting to get dialed in right absolutely um th- he's he was okay right he was okay in the last start um yeah th- th- he's okay the, I, I the thought guy was i'm most worried start. about the guy i'm most worried about right now is tyone and he's not going in the series so makes sense joe ryan is going to be on the bump for the twins the last game he had about six innings pitched gave up eight hits two earned runs against the white Sox. six innings pitch gave up zero earned runs and against the yankees seven innings pitch one earned runs if you take a look at both of these teams the cubs and the white Sox, you sound pretty confident my concern a little bit is there are two teams that kind of mirror each other a little bit where starting pitching really seems to be what's um the strong point of both of these teams and hitting wise i think the cubs have have been hitting better just with worse luck as far as runners in scoring position. But I think, you know, that that's, you know, that's going to be the difference. Now, no one has really seen Wesniski other than Kyle Farmer five times and Solano uh, first baseman five times. As far as the, uh, as far as the Cubs facing Ryan Barnhart seen him five times and, and as a 400 average and wisdom seen him four times and he hasn't gotten a hit. So that might be a good morell start. You got David and then, Ross's number. We'll text him. Uh, you got that number. I don't have that one now. <laughs> game game three. Marcus Stroman two and three two twenty eight versus Louis Verland O for O with the four thirty two average. We've talked about the the Stroh show in a way. He's kind of and and you know he's he's absolutely fine with it, but he's just a little bit overlooked right now because of yeah how because the fact because that, of how great Justin Steele's been. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, he, but he has been you know just he's been as, almost almost as good. The Almost problem is when you good. look at two and three, you think, well, what's going on with that? Right, and that's where you get fooled on that. He gave up. He went six innings and gave up two runs. He just throws quality Sorry, starts. It's almost Sorry like... I let you down there, buddy. <laughs> no, it's good. It's uh, six innings pitched against Washington. He gave up one run. Miami, 6.1 inning. He gave up two runs. So the guy's not giving up more than two runs anywhere he goes. So if you look at the, the, the starters that you have going, other than that uh, last time out for Smiley, you know, you can't ask for. You know, I mean, this is obviously you could ask for Justin Steele, but you're you're looking at a team that really is going to be throwing three good starters against Minnesota, and I don't think that Minnesota can say the same thing, in my opinion. No, that's why Crawley. When we get into the prediction time, uh, I'm going to have the Cubs winning the series, but we're not there yet. Let's uh, do a little uh, hot knot. All righty, let's talk about who's hot for the Cubs and who's not. Who's hot? Dansby Swanson. Last 26 at-bats, eight hits, five doubles, uh, one home run, and six RBIs. So looking really good with a 308 average. Ian Happ on fire, and that guy's just an on-base machine. 
He's hitting 304. He's on bases 448, and his slugging's 478. He has one of the highest OBPs in all of baseball. He's taking his walks, and 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 that's a good thing. As far as the not, uh, Seiya Suzuki, we talked about a little bit earlier. He's getting better. He's warming up. He's at 222, which isn't awful. 333, 278 slug. Matt Mervis, as you heard Carter Hawkins talk a little bit about it, struggling. He's had 21 at bats. Right now, he ha- he's only he's had uh, four hits. He's had two RBIs, but in 21 at bats, that takes you down. That's a 190 average, 227, 190 slug. So, Mervis, we're just gonna have to be patient, and it's those growing pains that come with being a young guy um, in, in the major leagues. Yeah, he's pressing a little bit, swinging at stuff that he should not be swinging at. There's no doubt about that. How about uh, we? Don't have any hot twins, and we talked about Carlos Correa <laughs> is definitely on the knot. Yeah, I was struggling. I mean, other, like I said, when you, when you look at pitching, I think the pitching is what's hot for the twins, and they're going to have two really hot starters going. But as far as the hitters concerned, they're everyday players. They're their they're best everyday player right now. Jose Miranda's hitting 214 in the last week, so that's where our cold was, is their hot hitter right now. And it gets even worse when you think about Correa in his last 20 at bats, Dustin, he has two hits. That's a 100 average for those of you scoring at home, 167 on base and a .091 slug. Byron Buxton, who is, you know, a DH, he's, he's not hitting anything. He's got one hit in his last 17, or I'm sorry, zero hits in his last 17 at bats. So he's he still at a zero, scares zero, me. Zero. He, he, he still scares me. I wouldn't get too cute with him because he can, he can turn a game around quickly. No doubt, but as of right now, that's not what happened. So that's who we got for hot and not. All right, prediction time, Crowley. I will go first. I'm being optimistic here. I say the Cubs take uh, two out of three. My prediction is uh, uh, both Friday and on Sunday are the Cubs wins, and I think uh, Saturday would be close. It would not knock my socks off if when we're talking uh, Sunday or Monday if the uh, Cubs have not swept the Twins. I, I will agree with everything that you said. I, I see the Cubs taking two of three. It, it, we all know what it's about. It's about that big clutch hit and just relaxing and having good approaches. And I think if they do that, the Cubs will be in good shape. Crawley, have a heck of a weekend. Uh, hopefully you're going to get to spend some time with your mom. Happy Mother's Day to your wife and all the moms listening to the Fly the W podcast. So that is a wrap, everybody. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the Fly the W podcast. Follow the socials, Fly the W on Facebook, Instagram. Email us, flythew670gmail.com. And now you can watch us on the YouTube by subscribing to the 670 The Score YouTube channel. Crowley, enjoy the weekend and enjoy the Cubs games. You have a great weekend yourself, and it's time to tame the Twinkies. Go Cubs!